0: If you brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of James, James chapter 1, uh, to the, we're going to read the last two verses in chapter 1 of the book of James, James chapter 1, I want to read to you verses 26 and 27, and then we'll go to the Lord together in a word of prayer, I'll give you just a moment longer to find James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 26, says this. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless... And widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's stop right there and go to the Lord together in a word of prayer. Pray with me, Heavenly Father, Lord. We just humbly come before you one more time here this morning with thankful hearts. We come here this morning, thankful, Lord, for uh, your opportunity that you the opportunity that you've given us to gather here. Thankful Lord for each one you sent our way. Thankful Lord for uh, the many blessings that you poured out on us. And Lord, I just ask of you here this morning, God, that you would give us uh, uh, that you would give us ears to hear what you would say by your Spirit here this morning. I pray that you'd give us eyes to see what it is that you're trying to show us in your Word here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you'd give us hearts to listen and do what it is that you're telling us to do here this morning. Lord, I'm just simply asking for you to have your way and your will in our midst, in our service, in our minds, in our hearts, and in our lives here this morning. And we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. And Lord, I'm praying this morning, if there's any among us that doesn't know you, any that are lost and undone, any that have fallen away, any are just not sure about things, just not sure where they stand, not sure what happens uh, uh, after they die, not sure about you. God, I pray that today is the day that, the, uh, Lord, that you would wake them up. Today is the day, Lord, that you would open their eyes. Today is the day that they would hear your voice, that today is the day that they would get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. And Lord, let me ask one more thing of you this morning. I need your help. Lord, give me the words that you'd have me to speak here this morning. God, clear my mind of everything except for your message, your thoughts, your words. Place the very things you'd have me to say right on my tongue, Lord. Help it just to flow right off my tongue. Give each one of us ears to hear it. God, and I pray, Lord, that each one would know that they have received a message from you, Lord, that it's, it's from you through my spirit to their spirit, and God will be sure and give you every bit of the glory. God, we love you, we worship you, we praise your holy name, and we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I want to address a couple things this morning in, in this message. I say I want to. I believe it's what God wants me to, straight from the word of God. Uh, I, I wonder if you noticed in verse 26 and in verse 27, the word religion. Uh, actually, in, in verse 26, it says, if any man among you seem to be religious, right? And then in verse 27, it uses the, the phrase pure religion. Uh, I, want you, I wondered if you noticed that there is a contrast there, that there is religion in a negative sense, And there is religion in a positive sense. There is bad religion and good religion. There is the right kind of religion and the wrong kind of religion. I think that's what James is getting at here, right? And he is cut and dry uh, right to the point. I'll just be honest with you. That's one thing. The book of James, right? We call it the book of James. It's really, it's a letter. Uh, But anyways, that the apostle James wrote... um, I'm kind of drawn to it. I personally really like it because understand all of the scripture, right, was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is uh, the very words of God. God breathed infallible, right, uh, the infallible uh, word of God uh, without error or contradiction in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. But also God used humans to write it, right? He used human hands to pen this right as these authors wrote this it wasn't like they went into some sort of zombie-like state and didn't know uh you know and then all of a sudden they come out of it and bam there's this work produced i don't think it happened anything like that i think god used them i don't even know that they realized or understood at the time to what degree god was using them but my point is not to get into the Doctrine of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the uh, of the Holy Scriptures. My point is to just make sure that you realize that in each one of these human authors that God used, you get a little sense of their personality. You hear a little bit of their voice mingled into it, also. And James is he is just a no nonsense type of guy who wrote a no nonsense type of letter. Right? It is full of practical truths for everyday living and worship and for real religion and that's what he's getting at in this in this phrase now let's talk about i want to dispel the misnomer right i wish i could just have this talk once and or preach this just once and it'd be settled and done forever but i am not foolish enough to to believe that i know better than that but let's talk about this for just a second, right? What does the word religion mean? Now, I'm talking about it in the classical sense. I'm talking about its basic historic definition, not what we have Changed it to mean right. There's a lot of that going on anymore, right? To, of course, I realize the English language is fluid and the, the the meaning of words change, and 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 sometimes that's all right. Sometimes I kick against it pretty hard. But anyways, we get the idea when we uh, of religion, we automatically think of something like a formal ritualistic. Practice. We think of things, uh, we picture things that would be closer to probably uh, Roman Catholicism, where they have a lot of rituals, they have a lot of. Specific uh, practices and, and a hierarchy and, and a set of rules, and, and, and a large set of rules and things like that. So we think of things like Roman Catholicism. We think of things uh, probably like Eastern Orthodoxy. We think of things, uh, maybe even things like uh, Islam and, and, and some other things like that. When we think of religion, Right, and so if we were asked to define religion, it would be something. It would probably be something along those lines, right, or something that would describe one of those particular uh, faith practices. I'll say it that way, not to confuse us here this morning. But the basic historic definition of the word religion simply means devotion in service that is based on a set. Of beliefs, okay, that is the basic definition of religion. It is, it is, it is what you do. It's the outward working, right, of what you do based on the set of beliefs that you have. All right, now that can absolutely apply to all the things that I just mentioned that we typically think of when we think of religion and what it means. But if you really think about it, that applies to a whole lot broader spectrum than just those things, okay? That applies, that applies to a whole lot of people who say they have no religion at all, right? Right? There's a whole lot of people. It's popular today to say, oh, I'm not a religious person. Listen to me. Uh, for somebody to say that, one of two things has got to happen. They're either ignorant or full of baloney. Now I'm being pretty harsh here, and, and I'm I'm being extreme to make a point because I don't want you to I don't want you to go to sleep, and I don't want you to miss this. Uh, honestly, what happens a lot is we hear something that sounds really good. Right, and we latch onto it, and we hang on to it, and we we espouse it. Right, we repeat it, we say it over and over. Right, right. We'll say things like, "Well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual," and we don't have a clue, really deep down, what it means to be religious or what it means to be spiritual. It just that sounds really good, right? And so, you know, it, 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 and we get the idea. Well, I'm not going to practice some sort of man-made uh, ritualism or anything like that. You know, I'm spiritually in tune to, and then. Our definitions go all over the place. We might mean God. We might mean Mother Nature. We might mean the Great, uh, the great Spirit, right? We might mean some little fat guy that died uh, several thousand years ago. Buddha. I mean, we might mean a lot of things. Usually this idea of religion the set of beliefs that causes us to 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 act to, to do acts of devotion and service usually it's based around our beliefs on creation or the beginning or whatever happened you know to set things in, in motion but it doesn't necessarily have to And when we think about religion and you know uh, for a lot of us when we think the word religion, we immediately tie it to Christianity and even if even if that's the way that you were thinking about it, I will go on and say this the person can be religious, but still be. Lost. Nicodemus is a perfect example of this, and in uh, John chapter three, actually, that's a perfect example. Period. Right. A person can be extremely religious, right? Uh, they can be extremely devout, right, and do a lot, and sacrifice a lot in their works of service that's based on their set of beliefs, and can be totally wrong. That's what it means to be lost, right? to not actually understand or know, right, where you're going, what's happening, right, to be completely lost, to be completely wrong. In the sense of Christianity, let me say it this way. Religion is what, the, is what a person does outwardly. Salvation is what, do, is what God does inwardly okay that that's a good way to think about this and remember this salvation is what god does on the inside inwardly a person's religion and everybody's got it whether you believe in god or not right everybody's got some form of religion some type of religion right of some sort or another you can deny it or 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 not admit it or whatever and that's fine you can lie to yourself deceive yourself all that you want but we all have some outward actions that we do that are based on what our fundamental beliefs is, and that's your religion. So religion is what we do is our outward acts that are based on what has happened on the inside. And salvation is something that only God can do. So what what am I trying to say? What you believe is revealed by how you live. Not just what you say, but how your actions, how you live. Right? You ever heard the phrase before, your walk talks? Listen to me. Your walk talks. It talks a lot. As a matter of fact, it probably talks more. No, not probably. It does talk more than what your mouth talks. Look, I said it a minute ago, and I'm sticking with it. Everyone is religious to some degree or another. The que- the, really what the question is. It's not whether or not you're religious. If we're going to be honest, we all are. The question is, is what kind of religion do you got? Is it the right kind or the wrong kind? Right? I think our scripture here this morning has made it very clear there are two kinds of religion. Right? It, 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 look, look at it again here. Verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, right, if he thinks of himself as, as being religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Vain religion, that's one kind, right? What, what, what does vain mean? Vain means useless, ineffective. So, one kind of religion, the kind I would argue most of the world has, is useless, ineffective, vain, vain religion. And then he gives us another kind of religion, beginning in verse 27. Pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father, is this. And then he goes on and finishes defining what is pure religion. Pure religion, clean, effective, true religion. The only kind that's accepted by God the Father. So so I think in these, in this set of scriptures, James lays out to us in two verses... that there's two kinds of religion and everybody in all of the world from the beginning to the end of time falls in one of those two categories. Just like the song that Mike said, that eternity, there's only two choices. Listen to me, our, our uh, religion-wise here, we all religious, right? We all do some things that are based on what our fundamental set of beliefs is. That's our religion, right? Whether whether it's a religion practiced by millions or only practiced by one, that is still religion by definition, all right? And it is either, it is either the, the vain kind, right, the worthless, useless, ineffective kind, or it is what the Bible calls pure religion, right, the true kind, the effective kind, and let me say this before i go on pure religion is not so much about what goes on inside the church building not so much about what goes on inside the church building as it is about what goes on outside the church building listen to me it's not just how you live on Sunday. Do you know how many people come and they put on a a facade, put on a show, put on a mask, right? come on and, and fake it on Sunday for a little while and, and act like that they've got their punch card punch. act like that somehow that gets them some points, right, that stacks up and then at the, it, at the end of their life God's going to weigh the good and the bad and whichever one outweighs the other determines whether they go to heaven or hell, whether it's eternal reward or eternal damnation, right? There's so many that think that away and believe that away. Listen to me, pure religion is not nearly as much about what happens inside the church building on Sunday morning or Sunday night or even Wednesday night. For, for 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 most of us, our actual default definition of religion is exactly that. It is, it is only what happens inside the church building. Now, I'm telling you, pure religion is not really about so much about what happens inside the church building, but what happens on the outside. Not so much what happens on Sunday, but how we live and how we act the other six days of the week, Monday through Saturday. So with that in mind, I want to quickly point out three things in our text here this morning that I would say are indications are signs of pure religion. The first one he talks about here in verse 26, if any man among you seem to be religious, right? So in other words, if anyone thinks that they've got pure religion, true religion, they're right with God name written in the land's book of, of life and they're holy and on their way to heaven but They bridle not their tongue, right? They don't control the things that come out of their mouth. They deceive their own heart, right? In other words, they lie to themselves. They have fooled themselves. This man's religion is vain. That that person's religion is useless. It's the wrong type, right? Jesus clearly teaches over and over that our speech is a reflection of what is in our heart. Brother Ron led us some of those scriptures this morning. As a matter of fact, the one that obviously stands out to me is, I think it's the last part of uh, Matthew 12, 34 where he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Whatever is in the heart, what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart to begin with. That's the point he's getting at. And if a person talks like the world, then according to the Bible... That person's religion is a sham. It's useless. Listen to me. An uncontrolled tongue equals an uncontrolled life. Proverbs uh, 18.21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue is compared in the scriptures to a bit in a horse's mouth. Uh, It is compared to a rudder on a ship and a little spark of fire. The point is that such a small member, our tongue, I'll not stick my tongue out at you, but our tongue, right, being such a small thing in comparison to the rest of our body, has so much power and has so much control, right? Just like the rudder of a ship, a great big ship and that little flap of wood in the back can turn the entire direction of the ship, right? A, a bit in a horse's mouth, right? That little piece of metal in their mouth can control that uh, that huge, massive uh, animal, beast, you know, can actually control it. A little spark of fire can burn down Half of our country. He compares that to our tongues. And the trouble that they can cause. I'll, I'll just say this. Show me someone who stirs up trouble. Show me someone who is a gossip. Show me, uh, show me someone who criticizes everything. And I will show you someone who has hurt a lot of people. If you're going out and gossiping or backbiting or cursing or telling lies or dirty jokes, then you are showing that your religion is worthless. The things that are in your heart are coming out of your mouth. And you are using your tongue as an instrument of death. Now, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll honestly admit... The tongue is not the only indicator of what's in our ho- uh, in our heart, but it sure is a good test of pure religion. And sometimes uh, uh, we speak too hastily or out of anger. I, I, I've I've been guilty of that myself too many times, shooting off my mouth, either trying to be funny or or just not thinking or letting my temper get the best of me. Uh, but There's no excuse. That's not an excuse uh, to let our tongues get out of control like that. Instead, it reveals to us some things that that are in our heart that shouldn't be there. If our religion is pure, then when that happens, we'll repent and we'll ask God to purge our hearts. Right? And if we've hurt somebody, we'll go apologize to them. Right? And we'll ask, when I say purge our hearts, we'll ask God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if our religion is vain or useless, right? Now you see my comparison. If, you're va- if your religion is pure and you let your tongue loose a little too much and say something that you shouldn't, you'll be convicted and you'll repent of it. But if, if your religion is vain if it's useless then all we'll do is make excuses for what we said and we'll go on about our lives like everything is okay the the second thing he talks about in verse 27 is he says pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction pure religion will show in how you treat other people Pure religion is not only found in a closed mouth, but it's also found in an open heart, right? I've been talking about sometimes we just need to keep our mouth shut and keep our tongue under control, right? And that's an indicator of pure religion. That's the indicator of the Holy Spirit living with inside of you, closed mouth. It's also also an indication there's an open heart. Pure religion gives you a heart for the things that God has a heart for God's heart is to care for those that no one else cares about. Therefore, we're to care for the widows, the orphans, and all those that are in need, right? The outcasts, right? The downtrodden, the oppressed. And, I, and I'll just say this real quick. The, I, sometimes this is my soapbox, and I'll just get on it for a second and move on. The welfare system in our country, it's a mess. It is completely a mess. But let's just, get, let's just be honest, right? Our churches as a whole overall, they're a mess too. But that still doesn't absolve us from the responsibility to help those that are truly in need. They ain't nowhere. You'll not find one place in the scripture where God gives the responsibility of caring for the widows and the orphans and those that are oppressed. Nowhere will you find that he gives that responsibility to the government. But you will find where he gives that responsibility to us. And then the third thing, lastly. He says in verse 27, And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Pure religion will show in how you live. It's going to show in how you talk. It's going to show in how you treat others. And it will show in how you live your life. Even though we live in a dirty world, we are still supposed to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, right? So, how? Let's just reason this out real quick as I finish up here. How do we get as a Christian? How do you get what the Scripture calls spotted, dirty? Right? It's talking about the muck and the the the, the muck and the mire of the world. It's talking about the filth of sin, right? How is it that we get that on us? That we get spotted from that? Well, I think. If we went on and read James chapter 4 and verse 4, it would show you we get friendly with the world. That's how we get spotted, right? Which then leads to us loving the world. First John chapter two verses fifteen through seventeen make that clear to us, right? So how do we get spotted, right, and dirty from the muck, muck of the world? Is we get friendly with the world, and then the next thing you know, uh, we love the things of the world, which then causes us to become conformed to the world, right? Romans chapter twelve verse one and two, Apostle Paul deals with that. The final result being that we will be condemned with the world. That's where it leads to. So then the que- so then the other question is is how do you keep from being stained, spotted, dirty by the world? It's simple. Don't get friendly with the world. Keep the world at a distance and God near to your heart. Maybe the, maybe I should just be asking a simple question, is Jesus in your heart? Because the things that are in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth, right? I'll just quickly mention this as I get ready to close. Before I got saved, I had a filthy mouth, period. I mean, it's embarrassing to even admit that now. But then I didn't think nothing about it. It It didn't bother me, right? I was around people that talk like that all the time. And it didn't bother me because I talk like that all the time. It's an amazing thing happened after God saved me, right? There's a change that happened inside my heart. I'm not saying that I've never not said something I shouldn't have said. I I would never claim perfection because I'm far from it. But listen, God changed my heart. And when he changed my heart, the things that come out of my mouth changed. And so it was such a drastic change That it bothers me when I'm around other people that talk like the world. So, my question to you this morning is what kind of religion do you have? How does your religion show in your everyday life, in your conversation, in your walk, in the way that you live, in your speech, and in how you talk? Can, can I just say this real quick before Jennifer starts playing? Your religion is not measured by your ability to speak your mind. It instead is measured by your ability to control how you speak. We live in a day and a time where it is, where it is spoken of like a virtue. I just speak my mind. Well, I got news for you. They're staying thoughts in your mind because you are not perfect yet that you shouldn't say. That is not a virtue. That is the opposite of of following the Holy Spirit and being controlled by the Holy Spirit. That That is a sign of godlessness, of worldliness. Your religion is not measured by your ability to speak your mind. You might call it honesty. I call it godlessness. Your religion comes a lot nearer being measured by your ability to control your tongue, how and what you speak. So, how does your religion show in your compassion? How you treat others. How you talk to others. How you talk around others. How does your religion show in your life? I heard somebody say, I heard an old preacher say one time, and he's just as right as rain. He said, if your religion isn't keeping you clean, it's not working. If your religion's not keeping you clean, it ain't working. I'm imploring you. God calls us to a higher standard, higher set of living. He calls us to a pure religion. Would you stand to your feet? I've told you this morning that pure religion will show in how you talk. It'll show in how you treat other people. And it'll show in how you live. So I'm asking you. Examine yourself. What kind of religion do you have? Is it vain or is it pure? Pure is it worthless or ineffective or is it true and effective what's your heart like I want to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning Spirit of God dealing with you would you come this morning if you've got a need, if you've got a heavy burden would you come this morning Uh, if God has been talking to you maybe look maybe there's some things in your heart that ain't right and you need to deal with them then again maybe it's somebody that God has burdened your heart with somebody God's placed on your heart and you need to be praying for them I'm asking you would you come and pray for them this morning Whatever the need is here this morning, right? Maybe God's dealt with you and showed you that for the first time maybe, or maybe for the tenth time, the hundredth time, He has shown you that you are not where you ought to be. You're not right. You ain't living right. I'm begging you, would you come and get it right before it's too late? And then again, maybe God's dealing with you about something else. Whatever it is, would you come this morning? Would you come?